Good morning. Welcome to Catawba Baptist Church on this Sunday before Christmas. Raining hard, is it not? I want to commend those who are here. I appreciate your faithfulness to be here on this Christmas Sunday. I know that some are watching online. Uh, as Baptists, you know, we get baptized and stuff. Seems like we wouldn't be scared of the rain, but sometimes... Some of us are. It's good to have those who are here, those who are watching. If you are a guest, we'd love for you to take a Connect card from the pew in front of you, fill it out as a record of your visit, and put it in one of the offering boxes. If you're online, we'd love for you to just let us know that you were listening. Several things to to mention. Catabalive.com is the place to go for information. You can also check out your bulletin. Uh, Sunday School. We are having Sunday School next week. Some of us were wondering if we were. In fact, I think the Christmas lesson in the Sunday school uh, curriculum is next week. Uh, We might have a few people that are out, of course, but we are having Sunday school next week. We are not having any more Wednesday services or activities for the remainder of the year. So this Wednesday and next Wednesday, we won't be having anything. Evangeline stockings. How many stockings did we come up with? Close to 100 stockings. Those stockings, I think, are right over there. They'll go to Levine and to Novant, and they'll help out children during Easter time, uh, that Easter time, during Christmas time, that are in the hospital. They might do something like that at Easter, too. I don't know. But I uh, appreciate very much your faithfulness in that regard. We'll pray in regard to those in just a minute. Uh, Gideon birthday for Jesus. If you'd like to give to that, I think that the The uh, envelopes and the ornaments are on the mission table in the foyer. Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, We we are encouraging you to prayerfully consider what God wants you to give toward international missions. Uh, It's sort of like a birthday gift to Jesus, so keep that in mind. And one more announcement, Christmas Eve service. It's going to be Friday at 6 o'clock here at the church. A great time of worship, celebration of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Check out the website for for more information more announcements and so on and let's go ahead and pray before we pray we are excited about having unchained lead us in christmas music this morning Uh, they've worked hard on this they have a lot of different christmas songs Uh, we're excited about the opportunity to worship with them and to celebrate christmas uh, together as a body of christ let's pray lord we do thank you for the evangeline stockings I thank you for for the mother of this young child who initiated it. She wanted to be here today but was not able to be here. Uh, We're grateful for her faithfulness. But we're also thankful for the faithfulness of so many people here in the church that have given. Not only in regard to these, but OCC and Angel Tree gifts. They were given out yesterday in so many other ways the church has given over the last month or so. Lord, I'm grateful for their generosity. I'm thankful for their service and their giving. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us in so many different ways. We, we are grateful for that un, undescribable gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, who came, was born so long ago, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and rose again. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us no matter what we go through. And I do pray for those who have undergone the tornadoes, those who have lost loved ones, those who were injured. Just pray that you'll bless them and help them. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can give toward that. And I just pray, Lord, that, that, um, that we will give to the church and just say for tornadoes and, and that we will be able to, through South Carolina Baptist Convention and Southern Baptist Convention, uh, send relief to them. 
Lord, we, we pray that you'll bless in a real special way during the course of this service today as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
beginning as we will sing some carols.
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what cried a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How would this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Never in 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you deliver will soon deliver you Mary did you know Mary did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Baby boy is Lord. 
Lord of all creation, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know? There's no place, there's no room 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they heard and seen. They had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they were never, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. In the bleak midwinter, all creation roams over world in darkness, frozen like a stone. Light is breaking in a stable for a throne, and he shall reign forevermore, forevermore. Oh, 
Thank you, everybody. Are y'all as impressed as I am? Thank you, singers, instrumentalists. Thank you, Eric, for leading, putting that together. We appreciate it very much. A great opportunity to, to worship the Lord, to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two days, two days, two Sundays ago, uh, we looked at gratitude from Matthew chapter 1. In the genealogies, different people were chosen to be a part of God's plan. And some of them had some issues. Isn't it good to know that even if we have issues, God can use us. He can change us, and he can use us to accomplish his purposes. And we need to have gratitude for his grace, whether it's his saving grace, his sanctifying grace, uh, whether it's his serving grace for, or his sustaining grace. We need to be grateful to God. Last week, we talked about godliness. Joseph was a godly man. He was righteous. He was receptive to God and his word, and he was resolved to obey. Even when obedience was difficult, Joseph chose to obey right away. And isn't that what we need to do as well? This week we're talking about generosity. You could probably guess what portion of Scripture we're looking at. Christmas is a time of giving. It's been a time of giving ever since that first Christmas day. And the wise men are definitely an example of generosity. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we'll read verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, Micah 5.2, But you, brethren, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for this story. We're thankful for how the wise man came to Jerusalem to worship the king of the Jews. 
And we're thankful, Lord, for the way that they set an example for us by giving gifts. Lord, I just pray that as we look at this portion of Scripture, we will determine that we too will be generous. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the wise men, they gave of their time, first of all. They were in the east, probably in Persia, somewhere like that, and they traveled a long way. Preparation for the trip, traveling all the way. It was not like they could hop a plane or anything of that nature. Uh, They rode on camels, and it took months in order to get to where Jesus was. And then they had to turn around and take months again. So they took a lot of time and effort. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel that God wants our time? Do you feel like he wants us to give of our time to him in service to him? One of our difficulties is we're so busy in this day and age. But I believe one of the reasons we're so busy is because we allow ourselves to be distracted by things which are not necessarily that important. Isn't it true that we can look at Facebook and a couple of minutes that we plan to spend can turn into a lot more time? Same thing with television, same thing with so many other things. We have a tendency to waste our time instead of redeeming our time because the days are evil. They gave of their time, and so should we. They gave of their talents. They saw the star in the east. And because of their studies, because of the way that they had prepared themselves, they knew what the star meant. I would imagine that you and I, if we were in the east at that time, we'd look up in the star and we'd say, well, that's a bright one. And that's about all we would have to say about it because we would not know, we would not have used the talents that God had given to us, at least in in this regard, to the magi, to the wise men. Because they saw the star and they recognized what it meant. But not only did they give of their time and their talents, they also gave of their treasures. In verse number 11 of of Matthew chapter 2, it indicates that when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were costly things. For one thing, it was God's provision because he knew that Joseph and Mary and the babe were going to have to go into Egypt to a land where perhaps he was not able to find work very quickly. God provided for them through this. But more than that, it was an attempt to worship the king of the Jews, to worship the Lord by giving these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They did not give what was not valuable. They gave what was valuable to the king of kings and to the Lord of lords. Not only that, they had already spent a lot of money on the trip. So they gave of their time. They gave of their talents, and they gave of their treasures. Shouldn't we do the same thing? Now, they're examples of giving, but so is God the Father. 2 Corinthians 9.15 is a verse I've mentioned several times during the course of this Christmas season. It says this, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Of course, it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And it goes along with John 3.16, a very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he what? 
he gave. He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's interesting how the Bible links those two words. God loved, therefore God gave. And we need to do the same thing. Verse number 8 of Romans chapter 5 says, God commended his love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's great love, is it not? How many of us would be willing to let our son or our daughter die for other people? But Jesus let his son, sent his son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. The problem is that we're sinners. We don't deserve to go to heaven because of our sin. The solution is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so we could go to heaven if we believe in him. That's what Christianity is all about. There are a lot of rules and regulations in the Bible, but that's not the main focus. The main focus is a person, Jesus Christ, who died for us. And because he died for us, we can have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we have the example of the wise men. We have the example of God the Father. We also have the example of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, take your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2 for just a minute. Philippians chapter 2. It talks about the way that Jesus Christ gave. In verse number 5 of Philippians chapter 2, it says, Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and was made or came in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's talking about the giving of the Lord Jesus Christ. God sent his son, but Jesus went willingly. He was willing, because he loved us, to die a horrible death on the cross so that we could have everlasting life if we believe in him. So we see these examples of giving. The wise men, God the Father, and God the Son. But how about our example? Shouldn't we, as Christians, be an example of giving? In fact, the portion of Scripture that we just read in Philippians chapter 2 points out the fact that we need to be the same way. Verse number 5 of Philippians chapter 2, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You need to have the same attitude. You need to have the same perspective that Jesus Christ had. In other words, you need to be willing to give. I need to be willing to give. The verses before talk about our willingness to give. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, verse number 3. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Don't just take care of yourself. Don't be selfish and just look out for uh, uh, number one, so to speak, but instead look out for other people. Be concerned about the interest of other people. Give to other people. So we should give of our talents, of our time, and of our treasures, just like the wise men, just like God the Father, and just like the Lord Jesus Christ. But why should we give? 
several reasons. Number one, because of who God is. God is great and greatly to be praised. Psalm 145, verse number 3. His greatness is unsearchable. And as we think about God's greatness, when we think about how much he loved us, when we think about who he is, what he's done, we ought to be willing to give to him. The wise men came to worship Jesus. That's why they gave. They gave of their time, their talents, their treasures, but the main focus was on God, on the Lord Jesus Christ. They worshiped him. The reasons to give, number one, because of who God is. Number two, because of what God has done. You know, as you think about what God has done for you, doesn't it make make you want to serve him, to live for him, to fear him? There are two verses in Revelation that go along with that. One is Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 11. Revelation 4, 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Why should we give? Well, because of what God has done. He created us. He's responsible for us being here. But not only did he create us, did he create us, he also redeemed us. Look at Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus was the lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. He was willing to die to have his blood shed on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have everlasting life. And as we think about the fact that he created us and he redeemed us, we need to seek to give to him. We love him because he first loved us. Therefore, we give like he gave. Does that make sense? We love him because he first loved us. And just like God so loved the world he gave, well, we also need to give. We give because of who God is, because of what God has done, also because of what God has commanded us. Think about the great commandment for just a minute. Jesus was asked a question in Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. He was asked, what's the greatest commandment by a lawyer? His response was, number one, love the Lord your God with all your strength, soul, and might. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. If we truly love God, then we're going to love what is important to him. And what is important to him, for one thing, is the church. He loves the church. It is his bride. Number two would be missions. He loves missions. We, we see not only the great commandment, also the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So is it not appropriate that we give of our time and our talents and our treasures to the church and that we do the same thing in regard to missions? This is the season for the Lonnie Moon Christmas offering which goes to international missions for the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a great opportunity for us to give so that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, can go out into the world. Because of what God has commanded to love the Lord, we should give. But he also says, love your neighbor as yourself. I was reading in my devotions this morning from Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 17. It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. Isn't that an interesting verse? When we have pity on the poor, when we're generous to the poor, 
We lend to the Lord and He pays us back. He might not pay us back in the exact amount that we give Him, but He will pay us back in some way, shape, or form. It's not a magical formula, but it's a general blessing that God will bless us as we give to Him. John chapter 13 talks about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Some of them had a problem with that. They thought, well, you're the master. You shouldn't be washing my feet. But Jesus did so. And then at the end, he said, you see what I've done. You need to do the same thing. And he went on to say this, happy are you if you do these things. So what, what Jesus did as he served, he gave of his time, he gave of his talents to wash the feet of the disciples. He asked us to do the same thing. If we really love the Lord, And if we really love one another, then we will give. But we give not only because of who God is and what he's done, what he's commanded us, also what he has promised us. In a sense, Proverbs 19.17 and John 13.17 are two of his promises, but they're more. He promises that he will provide for us as we give. The context of Philippians 4.19 was that the Philippians were faithful to give to Paul in his missionary activities. And in Philippians 4.19, this is what Paul said to them. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, when the Philippians were faithful to give to God and to the missionary work of Paul, then God blessed them and gave them what they needed. Didn't necessarily give them everything they wanted, but gave them everything that they needed. So he provides for us as we give. But he also blesses us as we give. Consider these verses. They're written down in case you want to check them out. And if you're online, I believe that the bulletin is probably online as well. Uh, If it's not, Rebecca will probably have it up very soon. Uh, But as, as we look at these verses, it shows that God blesses us as we give. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It makes a difference. It means something. Acts 20, 35, It is more blessed to what? To give than to receive. We know that verse by heart, many of us do. But the question is, is that the way we look at things? Is it really for us more blessed to give than to receive? As I look around, I see a lot of people who have given of their time and their talents and their money. And I really believe that many of you would give testimony and you would say, yes, it is indeed more blessed to give than to receive. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8 is another portion of Scripture that talks about how God blesses us as we are faithful to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but then as I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Sometimes it's translated, God loves a hilarious giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. We give to God because he will bless us. He has promised that he will bless us as we give. These are some good reasons, are there not? 
because of who God is. We should give because of what He's done, because of what He's commanded, because of what He's promised. We need to be faithfully giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures to the Lord. Now, I think we have two opportunities as His people. As we, as we look at Christmas time, and then again as we look at 2022, we have the opportunity to lay up treasures in heaven, and we have an opportunity to leave a legacy on earth. Are those two things you'd like to do? To lay up treasures in heaven, to leave a legacy, to make a difference on earth. Matthew chapter 6 Verses 19 through 21. This is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I would imagine you're like me. There have been times where might be your house, might be your car, it might be health, it might be something else. But a lot of the money that we make goes to those things. It just does not last. But I guarantee you this, according to what God's Word says, when we give to Him, when we give of our talents and our time and our treasures, it makes a difference for all eternity. We're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, but we're also leaving a legacy on earth. We're making a difference in the lives of of people. Wouldn't it be neat to know that because we have given, people have come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and are going to spend eternity in heaven. Isn't that, what we, isn't that why we do what we do? So that people can come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and grow as His disciples, make more disciples, and, and as a result, people have everlasting life and life more abundant. We can make a difference. We can lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven and leave a legacy here on earth. But we need to be faithful to give. To give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. You know, sometimes we're a little stingy. Uh, We're a little bit frugal. Might be because we didn't have much money growing up. Might be because we don't have much money now. But I guarantee you that the best way for us to invest our money is giving it to the Lord. The best way to invest our time is to give it to the Lord. Same thing in regard to our talents. Make sure that we are serving Him. Just like the wise men and just like God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ, we need to generously give of our time, our talents, and our treasures because we love Him and because we want to make a difference, to lay up treasures in heaven and to leave a legacy here on earth. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the generosity of so many people here at the church who have given so much of their time, so much of their talent, so much of their treasures to make a difference. Lord, I just pray that you bless each one. And I pray that we might continue to give, that we might continue to give, not not necessarily so that we can be blessed, but so that we can be a blessing to others. Lord, we pray that you will bless us, continue to bless us so that we can be a blessing, so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. And I pray that during this Christmas season that we might not just be focused on receiving and that we might not just be focused on giving gifts to one another as a family, 
or as friends, but that we might be seeking to be giving to you and to your church and to your work. Lord, I just pray that you will use us to make a difference in the world around us as we are faithful to be what you want us to be and do what you want us to do for your honor and for your glory. Just like the wise men, we come to you and we worship. And our time and talents and treasures are part of our worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, some of you might want to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior today. Most important decision you can make. That's why Jesus came. That's why he gave. That's why God so loved the world and gave his Son. So that we can be saved and go to heaven if we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. But I encourage those of you who already know Jesus Christ as Savior to determine that by his grace you are going to increase your giving, that you are going to seek to be faithful in giving of your time and your talents and your treasures to the Lord as you worship him. Let's stand together and sing, and as we sing, let's, let's really recommit our lives to the Lord. Just real quick, I want to clarify one thing. It was actually Gail who organized what we did today, and I want to thank her for that. It was not me. And I would ask that you guys would also give a hand to all the people up here on the stage because they have been carrying the bulk of the work. I'm just kind of out here in the front of everything. So hand it down. All right, let's go ahead and close out with some Christmas excitement. <laughs>